Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Filene Fill-In. I'm Holly Fearing with Filene. The Filene Fill-In is the podcast where we fill you in on what's been going on here at Filene's home base and out and about in the financial services world. Thank you for joining us back here for part two of our show about Will Be Done, the tool that helps people create wills. It might seem like a tricky subject or a space that financial institutions don't see a reason to get into with members, but really it's a perfect fit and complement to other services you offer. If you protect a member's financial assets their whole lives, why wouldn't you also want to help them protect what happens to it all once they're gone? Don't just take it from me though. In a minute, we're going to hear from two people who have been involved at various stages of the creation of this tool. Two people for different but equally personal reasons that see the life-changing impact something like this can have on those left behind when loved ones are lost. First, we have Michael Spink of Local Government Federal Credit Union, who was originally part of the team that came up with the idea. So this is his brainchild in a way. But he's sharing how such a tool could have made a difference in his life had he had it sooner. And then we chat with Steve Fukumoto from Schools First Federal Credit Union, who is currently part of the team getting this tool to market and motivated very personally to see it become broadly available across the nation through credit unions. Matt, let's fire it up. All right. So could you talk a little bit about how you first got involved with this concept and what expertise you brought to um, the group that was part of the idea or creation of this concept? Okay. Uh, yeah, it actually started, I guess... You almost could say I guess I was the originator of it. Um, I had an I3 group. Um, it was myself, Andrew Spearson from Forum Credit Union, and Taylor Karstens, uh, who was with People's Trust has since left the credit union uh, industry. And, you know, we were just doing, you know, gathering some insights and looking at some different things. And we were, uh, it had dawned on me, we started talking about uh, wills and how people just don't do wills. And I, I, I had thought through some of my own personal experience, we can talk a little bit about that later, uh, of how important this is. And it's just a big fear factor. No one wants to really talk about it. And I was kind of, I do a lot of sketching and whiteboarding, just drawing to help me think. And I kind of just started, sounds kind of weird, I just started drawing, you know, kind of like death. You know, the guy with the big hood and carrying the scythe, and, and he's the guy that comes knocking on your door. And I was just kind of sketching him and drawing. And then I started thinking of how that image alone impacts people. And, and I kind of drew out, well, what if you could just draw someone in with that kind of an image? Because credit unions generally take a softer, gentler kind of approach. And started thinking, well, what if you just shocked people with something that they don't normally see? Uh, mm-hmm. And we, we, we started walking through it. And I literally was calling it at that time imminent death. And that was the name of our project um, because we all die. And we don't, want to, we don't like to talk about it. And I brought it to the group and said, hey, what about something like this? And they were into it. And then we just started hashing it out like you do uh, and kind of got to a, a kind of a continuum that could be done in an online forum where someone could hit, you know, at that time what we called just, you know, a smaller banner ad, hit that, and then kind of walk through some kind of questions and answers to have them realize some of the ramifications of things if they don't do a will. Um, so we, we, we kind of built that out and built it out as a storyboard um, and pulled it together. We, we worked with a, uh, a developer who kind of built it out for us. Um, it was extremely rudimentary, um, and it, it worked, and it, it really uh, started to get things across. 
Um, so it was kind of neat to see that this was kind of brought back out of the hopper, from my understanding, uh, was there was an I-3 cycle several years later where they were prompted to go and pick out an old I-3 project and resurrect it and rework it, and they did. And it's just so really, really cool to see that this has continued on because I see a great, great need for it, uh, and a lot of it based on some of my own personal experience. And at just your role at the credit union, do you deal with anything related to this now? I know that you're um, you're involved in innovation. That, not not really. Um, we had, and maybe a little bit of it was prompted by, we did some research years ago on estate planning. And that's one of them terms that people are like, I don't have an estate. Estate is a long driveway with concrete things at the end, you know. And mm-hmm. um, we did that and we checked in with members. Um, and I, we, we surveyed several thousand, and they had absolutely no interest whatsoever in looking at any kind of state planning. Um, so then the people, I, I just worked in the communications department and helped facilitate some of that research. But then the people that worked in kind of the financial wellness department, as it might be called, um, they, they, they couldn't be convinced by that research. They, you know, people aren't realizing, yeah, they're saying they don't want it, but they knew, like, people don't realize, they don't know what it is that they need. They're not realizing. So they really pushed on it. Um, and what actually had occurred, uh, we wound up, we're, we're very, um, local government, federal credit union, we're very closely tied to North Carolina State Employees Credit Union, one of the behemoths of the industry. Um, and we work with them to pilot a program and now still offer it um, to get people to basic wills done through an attorney um, at a very reasonable rate to get more people to it. Um, but, you know, really, per- I have no real role in the credit union of doing that other than kind of that personal interest because I do work at a credit union and I like to think that we uh, care a little more deeply mm-hmm. um, just the importance of people doing this because it's something that can be done relatively simply and really save a lot of heartache uh, at a time when people really don't need to be dealing with it. Mm-hmm. So what about this concept excites you or what scares you about it? Okay, what, what excites me is that, one, it's, it's moving forward. And see, it was really funny because, like you said, the imminent death, we, did, we, we I was working with a couple other fellas and just kind of loved the sound of it, you know? Mm-hmm. We like kind of the specter of death. And we were really looking to flip things around because – you don't see that in credit unions. You don't see it anywhere really that much. But we, we just really wanted to use that shock value, which is something we really don't attack or go after or utilize for fear-based product movement and all that. And I, and I appreciate that. What I love about what this group, as you mentioned, this group did take what I felt to be a very good idea and made it great. And they made it great because they lightened it. They made it more the, conver- the, the, the continuum that when you work through this, and the prototype is still up there, and people can visit it on, uh, what is it, bit.ly slash will be done, um, and you can walk through it. And it's got really nice, light, engaging language. It doesn't make fun of or make too light of what it is that you're doing, but uses language that's inviting and kind of warm. And it doesn't use the dark, dismal colors such as we did and skulls and laughing specters. Um, it uses a very friendly, uh, kind of easygoing-looking little fella, Will, uh, that helps walk you through this process. And I think it's just a fantastic way to, to make it accessible, remove a little bit of that fear and anxiety of not wanting to talk about something that is a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but they keep it very light. Uh, and keep it nice and airy, and that's that's what I love about it. it, it it's a very serious topic, um, but I don't think we need to be so 
serious, we need to seriously consider it, um, but not be afraid of it because it's something that is so deep. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be scary about it to me is that it doesn't get the traction that it needs and doesn't start getting the exposure and people continue to not take care of themselves, their wishes, their families, and then also the people that have to handle, you know, once you're gone, you're gone, whatever you might believe, but you're no longer part of that environment that you were. Um, and those are the people that are left to deal with it. And you can really alleviate things for the people that you love and care about um, by addressing these things. So the scary part is that people wouldn't be exposed to something that can make it so simple, easy, quick, uh, and gain that peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you you definitely have a, co- a connection to this concept. Is this a, a passion project for you, or do you have a, a personal reason for being interested in this concept? Yeah, well, part of it was the passion. When I, like I mentioned, we we kind of looked at this around our membership, and people really didn't seem to care. And I think we we're, we're a low income designation credit union. Our members, I think, average family household income is about. Forty-four or $46,000. But I think a lot of these folks just see it as, I don't really have an estate. Or if I have to will anything, you know, I've got one kid or two kids. If we die, the state will give it between the two of them. They're not thinking of what happens in probate and how things can get caught up for years. Or that an ex-wife or an ex-spouse could pop up and kind of lay claim to things. Um, and they don't think that. And I think a lot are just trying, I'm just trying to get through week to week, day to day. I'm, uh, I'll get to my will eventually. And that's, you know, classic procrastination kind of thing. Um, so that was part of it. And I, you know, really felt, wow, people don't realize this thing that they really could use. Um, the other thing really stems my personal experience. And I, and I think this is one of the things that helped with my group seeing why it was so important. Um, in 2006, my mother passed away. She's 78 years old, um, smoked pretty much all her life and died of lung cancer. It wasn't overly surprising. Um, but my older brother was the executor of the estate and she died, I believe it was in early July. And he kind of took care of things. We were together on Thanksgiving and he was saying how pleased he was very close to her. And he was so pleased that she had all of her things in order. Uh, my father had passed away about 10 years earlier. So she, it was just her. She had, knew where all the accounts were. The will was very clear. She had had us come together several years earlier before she even knew anything was going on to kind of talk about, is there any objects in the house that we would like so that she could put them in the will to make sure no one was bickering and moaning at a time they don't need to be. And, mm-hmm. and he was saying how it made it so easier for him. And even though he missed her terribly, he was so grateful that she had things in line and made things easy for him to execute. So... Fast forward two years later, um, two years and a month, uh, my younger brother was killed on a motorcycle. He was 41 years old. He wasn't married, um, but he did have a girlfriend of eight years. Now, my sister, uh, who was the second child, um, told my brother, you know, you took care of mom two years ago. I'll take care of Tad's estate. And he, it was a mess. I mean, he didn't have a lot of debt or anything, but just trying to find out who does he owe money to, what accounts does he have, what insurances is he carrying? We're trying to figure out all that. And in the meantime, we had Karen, his eight-year girlfriend, um, who was saying that they were planning on getting married. Now, my brother hadn't mentioned anything about getting married, but my brother was also someone in conversation could say, yeah, we got married six months ago, and you wouldn't even have known it. Mm-hmm. So we weren't real sure what to do. We were trying to, we talked to friends, and we're hearing, yes, they were thinking about getting married. No, there's no way that Tad would have ever gotten married. And we're trying to figure all this out. 
Um, and she was kind of in a tough living situation with a chronically ill father um, and needed a place of her own working on the master's program. So what we did, we gave her all the equity that he had in his townhouse. Everything was done, we moved on, and, and things eventually got straightened out. But to this day, um, I was very, very close to my younger brother. And to this day, I still, if I was to sit down with him right now and he popped up, I wonder, would he say, is that all you did for Karen? Or would he say, you gave my house to Karen? Like, we don't know. And I'll never know. And, you know, and she's doing fine and all. But it, it would have been so much nicer, even at 41 years old, no kids, not even married, to say, hey, if something happens to me, and he rode motorcycles, so something could happen to him, um, just like all of us, not that we all ride motorcycles, but things happen. And just a simple, basic kind of thing that could be done in a will-be-done kind of app um, we would have known what to do mm-hmm. and everything would have, we would have had a better peace of mind. Um, and Karen would have been taken care of the way that he had wanted her to. Um, and he probably would have been able to ride a little easier knowing, all right, I know where everything's going and everything will be taken care of. Yeah. Um, so I know for me, I, even though I have kids and that prompts a lot of folks, um, I have a will. <laughs> and mm-hmm. now this actually setting up this interview made me think I need to revisit and make sure everything's in the way that I think it should be because life changes as the years pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really, that was a big driver for me. Um, and, and it means a whole lot to me. And that's why I want to see this thing move forward. So folks can survive. The people that are alive and making the will, no things are going to go where they want. But then, like I said, the people that are, that are taking care of things after, uh, that's a big burden if you don't know what it is that you should be doing. Um, and it's done at a very tough time for most people. Well, you, you saw it both ways, and uh, that's pretty enlightening to be able to see how easy it can be when things are taken care of, how difficult. And and I think something that you mentioned, the unanswered questions, that's probably um, maybe one of the harder things about it. Yeah, that, it's very true. I mean, it's still, it's not like it haunts me, but I once in a while I think like, man... You know, I, I hope everything, and I think his the, the girlfriend's doing fine, but I still wonder, you know, would he have wanted more? Were they planning on getting married? And she should have gotten everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know that. And we, we felt that we were being fair and equitable. Other people were saying, what are you doing giving her a house? It was mm-hmm. just his girlfriend. And it was like, well, eight years is a long time. <laughs> and you never, I mean, there's people that you don't need to be married to have a very deep, a committed relationship for sure, mm-hmm. um, and plenty of people, especially the way dynamics are uh, as society is making shifts, um, relationships are different, and it could be just good friends. And one of the things I have is I've determined that I want to leave some money to some environmental groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've talked about my family thinks it's commendable. They think it's great, but unless I get that down in writing, that doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. Right. But you said you, did, you do have a will yourself, correct? Yes, I do. Yeah. Right. Well, you you are ahead of the game then. Well, and quite frankly, the only reason why I did it was when we were looking into that program with the, with the credit union, with local government, and with state employees, and they needed the pilot. They needed to kind of test it and opened it up to employees, and that my children were very, very young. And I said, you know what? I need to get at least something in place. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And now when I'm thinking about it, like I said, life changes, things get a little more complex. I need to revisit it. And make sure, you know, things are as tight as they need to be and to make sure, you know, this more recent thought of mine and bequesting some of my estate uh, to environmental groups, uh, that that gets addressed. Mm -hmm. 
So other than some of the more obvious ones you've, you've mentioned, what do you think is going to be better for credit union members if this product were to exist and be pervasive across the country? Um, I think it's overall, and I think like our credit union, our mission is to, to improve the lives of our members. Um, and I think, you know, credit unions in general, people, not profit. And I think we, we care about lives. We care about families. We care about communities. And I really believe um, by taking these simple steps of, of making sure you're, to use the trite phrase, our affairs are in order, that that can improve quality of life. Um, not for some like afterward, where I still once in a while wonder, man, did we, did we do what we should have? But for me, knowing if something happens to me, I might finish this up and I wrap some things up and I'm on my way home, I've got a 35-mile commute, I could get taken out on that ride. You know, that can happen. But it's nice to know, okay, I got something in order. Everything's clear for my wife because my wife isn't. She's a permanent resident. She's not a citizen. I don't know if that causes a problem, but it's made very clear. It goes to her. If something happens to two of us, our children aren't going into, we would like them to be in the custody of a certain person and that our monies would get distributed appropriately. So that's nice to know that that's taken care of because during that flash right before it's all over, we don't know what that is, but to have that peace of mind saying it's going to be okay for the people that are left behind. And I think that is what could really uh, be done for the 100 million members of credit unions uh, in the United States. So the last question I have for you is about just what advice you might give to credit unions that might be either turned off by offering a product that deals with death or just not really sure how to approach this, this subject. Um, what would you, what would your advice be? Yeah, I think it goes both ways. Now as a, as a, as an employee at a credit union, I think it's empathy. That's the big thing. We talk about that a lot. Um, and, but if you talk to people and as we were talking before we got started, as you age, things start happening around you. Um, but when someone close to you dies, the world's just not right. It takes a while for you to kind of reprocess this new position in the world. Cause whether it's a brother, a mother, a grandmother, a child, um, whoever's removed from the world, uh, such as we live in, um, that changes your world and it's not the world that you're used to. So there's that adjustment time. And during that time, you're really not thinking straight. You're not, I never felt more distracted than when my younger brother got killed. Cause that's, you know, my mom was one thing you kind of expect it someday mom's going to die. I did not expect the, my brother that was three or four years younger than me to die mm-hmm. at, at 40 years old. Um, so I think it's, it, it, you're very distracted. It's very confusing. And then you got to deal with legal stuff and it's just a lot. So, and that, that it's heavy legal stuff. It has great implications. And I think if you can ease some of that pain and discomfort, you've done a great service for people. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the empathy, the simplicity and the warm heart. It's kind of the, just the credit union way. Yeah. Very good. Um, I, I, listening to you talk about this, I certainly hope this product gets made now because I see the potential and I, yeah, I would, um, I could, I could use it myself. So it it has great potential. I think the team that that picked it up did a fabulous job and it was funny. Someone was even saying, man, doesn't that bother you? They took your thing and completely changed it. And I said, completely opposite. That's what this is all about. We had something decent. And it, it kind of got looked at, and people thought it was neat. And then 
several years later, someone said, hey, someone needs to make this kind of thing work. And they did so much more with it. So I would have thought it was more of a celebration to see that happen rather than any kind of uh, uh, disheartening or, oh, I wish we would have done it better. It was like, no, these guys took an idea, like we tried to do an innovation, um, took it and made something better, simpler, easier, cleaner, faster, more accessible. Um, so I just think it's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, and I just thank Feline for facilitating the development of Will Be Done because um, it simply means that it's alive um, and people need to take, take care of these things while they're still alive. To, to some degree, it really boils down to, like when you're saying about, you know, members and, and, and how the credit unions, you know, can serve their members better. But I think it's, it, we, we hate having those statements. I really need to, you know, whether it's I really need to eat better. I really need to lose weight. I really need to, to hug my kids more. Um, I really need to take care of a will so my family's taken care of. It's really nice when you get to the point where you can say, I'm glad I took the time to eat a little differently. I'm glad I took the time to take a walk after dinner. To, you know, I'm glad I took the time to put together a will to make sure that my family's taken care of. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a big leap that we can do for people. And it's just lightening the mind a little bit because we've got a lot of things in the world that are pressing on us in so many different ways. The world gets more complex all the time. And I think if we just take care of these little things, it, it enables us to manage the rest of it a little more readily mm-hmm. and with a, a lighter heart. If we think about all the things that are awkward, you know, even in society is a lot of it is talking about money, talking about religion, or even politics. Well, as a finance institution, we've already kind of bridged that gap by being their partner when it comes to their finances. So it, it seems like a natural step to, to follow that, that open door of trust to now talk about their future um, and, and, and show them that we can be there for them without necessarily it, it, it appearing as just a product. Um, that we are trying to monetize. Uh, it's more so that warm, caring, and friendly approach um, to just extend a hand to the membership to explain to them that you're here now, we're also thinking about you when you're gone. The way you described kind of how you were drawn to this concept when your I3 team was charged with, um, with building something out is there anything behind that? Is there a personal connection to this concept? Or is there a reason why you might be more passionate about being able to create a program like this for other people to be able to have access to? When we were given this opportunity to select this idea, uh, and I think it was 2016, um, I had in, in 2015 survived a heart attack. Uh, and that was... Of course, for anyone, it was a, a life-changing experience. And behind that, the circumstances that led to that heart attack were pretty much um, probably ingrained in uh, the loss I had of my um, six-year-old daughter um, five years before. Um, unfortunately, we lost her suddenly to um, an unexpected appendicitis, and therefore that led to my heart attack in 2015. Um, and while I was in the I3 program, it was, of course, for anyone, I, I fortunately survived that heart attack um, and through some 
physical therapy and, and recovery, I was able to get back into the program and be part of the team again. And when this, when this opportunity came up to pick an idea, that is the basis of what, why um, planning for after death became more of a passionate topic for me, for others. Um, you know, as the old adage goes, you have, um, you have your life flash in front of you and, Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I did have that experience, and you know, and it, it is, it is unfortunate and, and sadly true that it's commonplace that people say that when you know when you when a parent dies, you lose your past, um, and when you when a child dies, you lose your future, and that's part of why I, I like this idea of a product or concept or or idea um, to to be able to create a will so that I can preserve the fidelity of my past for my daughter's future. Mm, wow. I, I do have a surviving daughter, and that's what I, I have her in my mind as, of, of course, my spouse as well. Um, but that's really the basis of um, what was my wake-up call, I guess you could say, and what, what was this, um, the foundation of why this is important to me on a personal level. Is there anything that you feel like you, you learned from that experience that you would want to make sure... Um, is kind of passed on to others through a product like will be done. You know, with, with life, it's, you know, we, we take for granted that we we woke up each day. I think it doesn't matter. I think we all do that no matter how old we are. Um, and that's something, it's just human nature. And that's what I hope that people understand is each day is a gift. Um, regardless of your beliefs, um, it's, you have that opportunity to, to do something each day. Uh, and, Part of that is to plan, you know, for the next, even if it doesn't come. And so, this is why this this is a, um, a will is something to think about um, for those you care for. Um, it doesn't have to be a spouse; it could be anyone that you um, care for as a friend or um, or otherwise um, to to leave a part of yourself um, for their for their betterment. Do you now have a will yourself? Um, my spouse and I are in the process um, of going through creating a living trust and finalizing a will, and our target is to get that completed before the end of this year. Sounds like that that's a bit of a long process to get that created. It, it's, it, it is a little bit more complicated in the sense that um, we, we um, opted to, to um, create a living trust first, and then... Um, then build the components of our um, our last will uh, into that. However, it's it's not that complex. It's just like with anything, the investment of a little bit of time and focus uh, mm-hmm. by the individual is just needed. Uh, and so that's what we're hoping to simplify with this with this idea. Yeah, I was going to ask then, how would will be done help get that done? faster or easier for members? Um, will Be Done is, is, is intended to, to help the, the prospective member to, or the member to um, start the process. Um, and, and not only, first and foremost, um, allow the, the member to comfortably start thinking about uh, a last will and testament, is, is to start planning it. Um, so it's, it's getting over that First and foremost, getting over that that the awkward topic of death. Um, it is one of the most uncomfortable topics um, 
you know, even between adults to have uh, when it comes to even offering condolences. It is awkward. So um, I think that was part of, of with our original prototype. Um, we tried to make it professional, but a little bit a lighter topic in terms of how we, how we um, approached um, just initially even asking questions of our uh, prospective members. Um, and so the, the concept is, is basically uh, allowing the member to start documenting well, who they are, of course, and possibly what their assets are, and then also now start talking about who would they like these assets to go to. Mm-hmm. And the intent is, is to have a near-completed itemization or uh, a template of all the information needed to complete a last will and testament so that they can then consult with an attorney to verify the content and then um, execute that that last will for their for their benefit. What ways do you feel like members' lives will be improved because of the existence of a product like this? They'll have a a better understanding of number one, their their assets as a whole. It'll it'll afford them the ability to know exactly more about what they have and also give them some peace of mind of knowing that they took the time to think about what what will take place after they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, once that's completed, they'll have that that comfort of knowing that they've done that. And like anything, once you've ac- accomplished something, then they can they can move on from that and just continue on without letting it dwell on them. Um, as I mentioned, you know, the, the topic of death, no one likes to think they're going to die, and even even that scenario. However, once that's completed, I think uh, after you get over that apex of that that uncomfortableness, then they'll feel a little bit more comfortable that they've accomplished something. Uh, and they're better prepared for the future. Yeah, it's kind of like, it, it reminds me of something like, you know, exercising, for example, where, yeah. you know, you might not want to do it, but you're certainly glad that you've done it once it's yeah. done. Once, once you start uh, walking and then jogging and then running on that treadmill, you don't feel so bad when you're done. Yeah, exactly. It's just this huge burden when it sits in front of you, but once it's, you know, you're probably great, grateful that it's over. Yeah, and it, it's just the entry point that was one of the things that we talked about um, in terms of making making this as as friendly as we could, in the sense that even our our the the our character, our mascot, I guess you could say, we called him Will, and he has he has a friendly look. He's almost like a cartoon caricature, and um, we also did you know the the play on words in terms of titling it will be done. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what I alluded to in terms of not making this so so morbid. Um, and I uh, I forget what our our the original concept I three team called. Um, oh, I this think it was they had concept. imminent death was what Michael yeah. said, <laughs> which is very different. Yeah, so so that's that's a little bit jarring yes. <laughs> when you see that. And so we we of course we knew that that while it was catchy, it was a little bit too much. And so um, even our color palette was a little warmer in terms of how we approached uh, designing that. So those minor, minor, minor things we took into consideration did make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you said something really interesting that I hadn't even thought of before, of just the, the added benefit of doing a will lets you know what your assets are. It's almost like an inventory of your assets. Yeah. And um, that could be valuable while you're alive, you know, just to have that. And when we when we were doing a little bit of surveying um, when we were in the prototype um, or our ideation phase, there were a lot of respondents that indicated, "Well, I don't have any assets, but everyone has something. They just they may not see the value in it, mm-hmm. but 
someone else may, you know, that, that, that cares for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in the sense that they're expecting something to be, to be bestowed upon them upon your death, but there is a lot of, as, you know, as we learn, a lot of little things mean a lot to a lot of people. That, um, that was one, one, was, was one interesting uh, takeaway from some of our surveying is, is that people either don't, they don't have, they don't feel they have the time, they don't think about their death, and they don't feel like they have any assets mm-hmm. to leave behind to consider creating a will. For, from, the, um, from the credit union standpoint, um, in another life when I used to work in a branch, um, I had situations when you had, we had individuals come into the, the branch location um, and they had just informed us that, that um, a loved one had passed on. And, and unfortunately, you know, with, uh, without naming a beneficiary or anything stated on the account um, or any, any last will being um, um, noted or even uh, aware, of the, aware to the, um, of those that were left behind, um, it, was, it, it made it very difficult for the financial institution to, to assist. Mm. Um, those individuals that would come in, uh, and you know, it, it, it again, and it, it was difficult because not only was it our, we felt it, it's our role to help that uh, those individuals to grieve. We couldn't do much for them from a fiduciary standpoint. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, our continued um, development of a of a prototype that we can we can share with um, interested credit unions. And I have a, a positive outlook that some good will come of at least this idea and the, and the prototyping of this um, idea. And um, I'm proud to be a part of it. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the future. All right, that's it for the fill-in, folks. Thanks again for listening today and finding a way to see this heavy topic a little lighter with us through these stories. I want to give a huge and heartfelt thank you to Michael and Steve as well. I know it's not always easy to share such personal tales, but you're among good friends in this space, and we all felt your energy and passion for this project. I believe in the power it can have, and I hope to see it touch more people's lives. Okay, so if you like this episode, please do rate us on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us, and make sure you're subscribed to the Filene Fill-In Podcast so you can keep up with what's going on at Filene. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to get in touch about today's show, email me at hollyf at filene.org or find us on Twitter at at filene research. Until next time, thanks everyone. Thanks everyone.